Radio Free Cybertron. Transformers. Rewind. This week on Transformers Rewind, it's Code of Hero. Destiny is one great test in store for us all. Has mine already come? And have I failed it? Cheeto to anybody! Come in! This is Dinobot. Speak, feline. I'm teaching a soul lesson to Megatron and Rampage. The trouble is they're slower. Sickening spider. Your base was betrayed by the stench of your perversions. Only the original disc, and he keeps it with him. Then I shall go to Megatron. Good luck catching up to him. He's miles away. <laughs> You'll pay for this, lizard! God, shut up and accelerate! Yes. Yes. Oh, my crazed crustacean. Do you realize what this means? Destroy this valley and everything in it. The human race will never have existed. Reserves 96% depleted. Stasis lock commencing. Override. Repeat. Power loss critical. Further expenditures will result in loss of spark. Stasis lock must commence. Override! Acknowledged. Oh, really, Dinobot? A stick? Against a transmetal? I think not. Final warning. Power failing. Jeopardy extreme. Repeat. Extreme. Oh, please. Face it, Dinobot. You're all technology. Obsolete. <laughs> what can you possibly do? Improvise. Whoa! 
You saved the valley. You saved the lives of those who live here. And of those who are still to come. And then... There is nothing to regret. Like I said... You're just a blasted slag spouting Saurian, but... Uh, but it's nice to know where you stand. Upwind of you for preference, Herman. Tell my tale to those who ask. Tell it truly. The ill deeds, along with the good. And let me be judged accordingly. The rest... is silence. I, you know, I haven't watched this in years, and I... I'll be honest, I missed it up a little bit watching this episode. I'm one of those people. I, yeah, I, I, I really like Dinobot. He's one of, he's also one of my favorite characters uh, from all of Transformers, and I hated to see him go. Yeah. I, I don't think Scott McNeil took a pay cut, though. Yeah. <laughs> he was already doing, like, over-the-cap number yeah. of characters. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so this is the. Ep- I, I remember this- asking. Go ahead, Don. I, I remember asking at Botcom when they were on stage at the time. That, you know, did he feel bad about he was losing after he lost that character? And I think it was uh, Gary Chalk said, "Yeah, he did, he felt bad. We were glad just to get more lines." Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, there's some truth yeah. to that. Um, so I mean, all of Dinobot's best scenes are basically Scott McNeil talking to himself. Yeah, yeah. really. So this is this pretty much, I guess, would be the culmination of Megatron's plot to change the future. Um, through, uh, except for the agenda. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, other than well, so it's it's it's, it's a culmination. Except it's an abbreviated. Okay, so it's a stop between now and then when he realizes, hey, yeah, I'm just going to say screw this. I'm going to. Well, this is the this is the this is the pre point in the sense that you know. Megatron sort of had a, was faced with a choice where it's like, I could go all the way and risk everything because it's certainly possible that the original Megatron's plan would have resulted in basically the entire destruction of the future, mm-hmm. including Beast Wars Megatron. So yeah. this this story is really Megatron trying to come up with an out. Like, he's, he's, trying to, way, exactly. he's trying to hack the future. I, yeah, is there a way I can use this information to change the future enough that I can allow the Decepticons to win without risking everything to do that. And that's what he tries to do here. And the agenda is more like a desperate, hey, I'm just going to destroy it. everything. I mean, yeah. This is yeah. where it's like all, he's all in. Yeah, well, when you get to the agenda, that's it. Well, in agenda, he says he was he, he did not, he was worried about following mm-hmm. his namesakes and structures. Oh, I was. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he and so knew that's, if he went that route, route, everything be screwed. That's why he was trying oh, yeah, to, yeah. to be selective in what he changed, not just yeah. flipping the tape. And now this is another episode, though, that is all about payoff. Though. This, is, this is one that, it's a, it's a solid 22 minutes, independent of itself, but if you go into this blind with no understanding of who Dinobot is or what the series has been has built with his character up until now, the discs. Um, yeah, the, the discs, um, 
Not so much the time travel, because it's weird. I always thought it was weird when I watched Beast Wars, was that, like, at no point did they ever turn to the camera and say, We're on prehistoric Earth! Dun-dun-dun! You were, you were expected to have figured that out for yourself by now. I have to be honest. I mean, obviously, the big tipper was supposed to be whenever the, the Planet Buster blew up and one moon was left and Wasp and it was like, oh, it's Earth, you know. Um, but I have to be honest. Like, as a kid, when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, future apocalyptic Earth. The aliens changed it. That was my reading of it at the time. Mm. And I can't really remember when we were supposed to think. I think it was when the saber-toothed tiger popped up in the Rampage episode. Chris, I, I don't think you're a kid when this aired. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was feeling older by the second. <laughs> Shut up, Brian. I was 14 years old. That's a, that's a kid. Okay. You're, yo- you're a little younger than I thought you were. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're about three or years. Or, 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 or Beast Wars is longer ago than you remember it. Yeah, <laughs> I was in my late twenties. Yeah, okay. Well, I wasn't. Right. I wasn't quite twenty. Yeah. So, so all right, we, right we, we all are um, about the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, yeah. I mean, it is. It is a lot of payoff, and it, it did. It did seem like you were supposed to have just figured out that we were on, you know, prehistoric Earth. But everything had been sort of pointing in that direction anyway. There were some early hints that that was the direction of the story. There was, of course, you have uh, to remember from my point of view that I didn't see like seventy percent of those yeah. early hints because I live in the friggin' UK. You'd have missed out on a lot of uh, of some of that stuff anyway. So I think by the time, especially especially when you see that moon, the Watchmen are seeing the moon, and it's like obviously our moon. Oh, well, that I got, but that's you know, But I think that was the point at which it's like, okay, well, that, because it changed and it was now looking correct. So I think that that's... Well, I, where never, you were, like, I never interpreted it as meaning that the explosion of the planet buster pockmarked the other moon in such a way as to make it look like the real moon from the real life. You know, I, I just thought it was like, hey, it's the moon. Well, and it, <gasps> It's the future. <clears throat> That is one of those odd points, because one of the things about Beast Wars had been the sort of slight disconnect between what was happening visually and what was happening in terms of the story, because they were done, you know, slightly separately, so we'd have a lot of visual gags that wouldn't necessarily carry over into the audio or vice versa, but, um, but no, but I think, but yeah, but definitely for this episode, I mean, you're definitely dealing with a lot of things that are coming together, even, even so much as to have a a seed planet for an episode that didn't happen, mm. um, you know, that that happens in this episode that doesn't get paid off uh, later. Um, well, that's not this episode. It's an earlier one. You mean, sorry, you, you mean when Dinobots programs those, into I always the... put those two together because yeah. it's so close. But anyway. I do, uh, too, sometimes. I feel like he did it in this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's I, like I, it would make sense for it to be in this episode. I was, I was watching the episode. I'm like, when did he do that? I thought he did that. Oh, uh, Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. was this was at the this was at a time when American cartoons were really in the middle of not trying to cater to like episodic. Well, not cater because this is this is an episode, yeah. you know. But American cartoons around this time were really into the business of telling big arcs, and mm-hmm. and keeping it going all through the series and 
screw you if you didn't keep up, basically. And we've seen the cartoons kind of back off that at this stage, and I think that's a little bit for the better. I mean, maybe it's a slightly less rewarding viewing experience, but just for the for for, for making individual episodes accessible to their audience, I don't know, it might be a move in the right direction. I mean, uh, I was, I think, were we talking on Fanboy Versus there a week or two ago about shows that need to end at the end of seasons? You know, yeah, and, be, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not just leave their things hanging and hope they'll get another season. Like, because this was this was right in the middle of that era when shows yeah. ended all their seasons on cliffhangers and hoped they got another show, to, another season to to resolve it with. Yeah, and it didn't always happen that way. <clears throat> yeah. So Ooh. one thing I really like about this episode is the framing that they have. Um, so you have the proto-human who is going to be attacked by a snake at the beginning. Then, of course, the episode you see Dinobot in one of my favorite scenes fighting uh, Megatron with a stick. Improvise! <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's like a stick, you know, against a transmetal. Against a transmetal. But at the, but at the oh. end, at the end, the, uh, the proto-human has the snake, it has the stick, and he's opening a, cracking open a coconut with it. And then the snake comes out and he bashes the snake in the head with it. And it's like, it, it's, I mean, uh, you know, Dinobot helps not only uh, the proto-human survive, well, but also helps, you know, possibly lead human evolution in that direction to it, where we're at. It's bigger than that because it's it's Megatron's plan for this entire episode failing epically in the wrong direction. Because yeah. the entire point was that Megatron was trying to destroy the proto-humans yes. that would eventually lead on to helping the Autobots No Spike wait, Wiki that way. It'd so be great. Not only it, did he not do I'm that, kidding. but in a way he inspired Dinobot yes. to inspire the development yeah. of the humans yeah. you know, in their sort of uh, intelligent development. Beast Wars is a little weird when it comes to that, that its approach to time travel, because this very episode proves that the whole theme of this episode is time is not malleable, changes do alter the course of the future, don't step on any freaking butterflies. But mm. then, every single thing that Beast Wars does that actually affects change only winds up putting the pieces in order for, for things to occur as they have already occurred. You Maybe know. that's what was supposed to happen. But I mean, but, in a sense, then if, yeah. yeah. But then, but then, <laughs> why? But then, in that case, then Megatron was always supposed to blow up that much. Maybe he had, a, maybe had, right. maybe Megatron had a photograph of his parents, and he was watching well, them phase in and out of reality. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm seeing Megatron singing um, uh, "Johnny Be Good." <laughs> no. uh, That's not a bad thing. <laughs> you go for that. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, wibbly wobbly time. We want to be kind of like we yeah, should. I know. I mean, I, I'm not putting it against Beast Wars or anything, but it's an odd one. Whenever the final message of the final episode of Beast Wars is like they go like, oh, they find a shuttle and Black Arachnia says, "History never mentioned this," and I says, "History is still being made," and they're like, "Well, okay, but that kind of contradicts what you were telling me in season two. Right? You were saying that this thing, yeah. Um, <laughs> but how much does it say for the series though that we're like? adamantly quoting lines from this show. I mean, that, you know, in, in particular, this episode, you know. Just from one episode. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's not like other things where you can pull a couple quotes out from the whole series. This whole, everything is great about this freaking series, at least from seasons two and three. I'm yeah. not, a, I'm not well, a in particular, it's half, this, first half of season two, second half of season one. In, pa- in particular, this episode, yeah. just because, in fact, some of it was written to be sort of, you know, again, there was some quotes from, like, Hamlet and things in it. I was even quoting that line to you what yesterday, Brian. I think I said, um, the Dinobot, yeah, or whatever we were talking. And, yeah. 
Um, I think I I would text it out something about you know tell my story truly. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always, I always liked the one. Um, uh, he, I mean, like that. Used to be, it was kind of just like a joke that Dinobot would quote Shakespeare, like he did it back in season one. I knew him, Tarantulas, and I was like, what? But uh, and, and he did it to be or not to be earlier in this season. But his language just goes full blown florid. And I, I, there was that one. What's that line? Um, when he's leaving the base and he's dinosaur mode, little gun in hand. And what's it? He says, uh, a deed once done. Cannot be undone, but it may yet be mitigated. And I'm like, I'm a child. Pretend I'm a child, okay? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and I, I know what it means now. Yeah. I mean, and he's not, and it's like he's not even talking about anything in this episode. He's talking about when he gave Megatron the golden disc right. from like three episodes ago. Yeah, I mean, again, completely episodic. You would have had to pay attention to everything else and understand some of the complex language that they were adding into this. There's no, like, by the time they got to this point in the series, there was, like, no hiding the fact that they were making, like, high story and didn't really care. It's also really about it this... In season three, though. But well, it was, like, season, season, season here, right here. This is, But this is also the, the fulcrum point of the series oh, oh. where we go from... You know, the series that Bob and Larry got to sort of make just so that there was something on TV for the toys to the point where Hasbro kind of went, hey, there's this really cool show and we can, like, it's like toys and it's really popular. And, and so. But kill that one dude. We don't have a toy for him anymore. Not a knock again. I mean, not to knock Hasbro, but this is really, beyond this point, is really the point where it's like. You talk about the big change that happens in season three, and that's exactly what it is. That you know Hasbro sort of gets their hands on it and is like, look, we got to do this other stuff, and we got to sell this toy and this toy. We, we got to do Tiger Hawk. Oh no, we don't. So, we <laughs> do no, no, kill him. No. <laughs> For a minute. So, so another one of my favorite things from this episode is uh, uh, Dinobot is questioning Tarantulas about the whereabouts of Megatron, and he's like, "Megatron's long gone. You'll never catch him. <laughs> catch up with him." <laughs> and then Dinobot, so, yeah, that's such a great scene. Dinobot basically rides Tarantulas uh, to catch up with Megatron with his gun pointed at Tarantulas's head. It's just such a neat little thing. The one thing that's sort of sad, though, about this episode again is just it, it marks one the thing. Well, one of the, one of the <laughs> other things that that is sad about the episode it marks the it marks the end of the uh, banter between uh, Dinobot and Rat Trap that I think everybody likes so much. Oh yeah, the, they had such a fun dynamic uh, between them, and which they're the same guy. Uh, so, but it's I mean, this episode actually was a big step uh, or the final step in just really establishing what it was that that pair thought of each other. Because sometimes it seems to be like a, a mutual love-hate thing where they really enjoyed hating each other. And sometimes it was like they had this, this basic respect for one another's uh, honor and their approach to doing things. Like Rattrap was would be kind of dirty and Di- Dinobot respected that. And Rattrap could also respect the Dinobot you went to hell off. But I, there was... I mean, I know here's another thing about this episode, actually, for me, is that I did see this. But because I live in the UK, I saw a version of this that was cut to shit. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. You know what's missing from this episode in the, when the UK broadcast? Dinobots attempted suicide at the start, and the whole friggin' conversation he has with Rat Trap in the corridor. 
Ooh, whoa, that's, that's big stuff to miss. That is huge stuff. Yeah. Why I mean, was the conversation cut? That's because Rat Trap used the word slag. Yeah. Oh. Probably, probably. It's really hard to tell. Uh, like following this one, th- I think this was the first time when it really got kicked in. But following this and through the agenda, like the UK just started cutting random things everywhere, all over the place. Just, to, I think they must have been working with really, really tight timelines. But Fox Kids did the same thing. I don't know that they cut the word slag. Well, they had they no reason to. It's, it doesn't mean anything over mm-hmm. there, but they did it for this. But it's like that whole conversation that he has with Rattrap in the corridor then, and Rattrap says, you know what, at least I always knew where you stood. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's why Rattrap so, felt so very betrayed by the whole golden disc thing, but maximal no more. One thing, I, one thing I want to point out, because I think it just bears um, mentioning, so like, you can do a heroic act, and ex- and you might expect to live through it. But, like, um, Dinobot's internal systems, you know, he was told, like, three or four times that he was going to die if he didn't stop. And he kept saying, you know, ignore, ignore, you know, you know, suppress, you know. Override! Yeah, override, yeah. And he just kept going. And then, with his last dying breath, basically, he destroyed the golden disc. Oh, that's an awesome shot. And it's just yeah. so cool. I mean, he... That's like one of the most bad, you know. People people point to like, you know, oh, Optimus Prime uh, Transformers movie. That's awesome. Dinobot no, way not. more badass than yeah. Optimus mm, Prime so, was. That's like yeah. the most badass thing to happen in Transformers fiction. It's yeah. awesome. I love See, that so much. There, there is no other moment in any of uh, almost maybe even any of Transformers fiction that matches that moment in terms of weight sacrifice. What was at stake? You know, there are very few moments where so much was at stake, so much was put on the line, and that someone went, you know, that one character went that far and had to. Didn't, you know, there was no alternative. There was no backup. No one, you know, it wasn't like, well, he could have just shut down and then someone would have showed up later. It was like he had to be there and do that in order to, you know, save the future. So I don't know that I can't I can't think of another point, you know, in Transformers lore, be it comic or otherwise, where there was something that much at stake that required, you know, them to die. There's been a lot of characters that have died, but I think in most of those cases you could make the point that like oh they could have found another way. I mean, the, cl- Dinobot, there the, was the, no other the way. closest thing I can think of would be like when. Um Broadcast and uh, and, Bla- and uh, Soundwave were fighting each other in Headmasters. No. no, 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 no. Not even Spike. You think Spike on the Arc, you know, from the comic, but even then, it's like, well, they probably could have found another Op- way Op- to do Optimus, that. Optimus Prime losing that game to Megatron <laughs> and then blowing <laughs> himself up. Sorry, yeah. but it's just like there is no. You know, Go ahead, Don. If you can think of another point, leave a point. You know, leave it in the comments for the YouTube because it's like I would love to hear, you know, a, another point where someone would think that there's something that there was a more poignant, you know, pivotal moment. Don, what what are you going to say, Don? I was going to say, considering this is about ten to twelve years past the movie, this is ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, yeah, somewhere through there, roughly. This this moment is an entire generation's defining moment for a character to affect them. Yeah. Like you know, gr- you know, growing up, I think a lot of us had an affiliation with Prime that we 
we had something of a we respected the character whether you understood it or not you did and then I think for a lot of kids at that age Dinobot was the character even if they didn't understand it they had some respect for the character for what he stood for and this is their defining moment of what they remember as a kid even if, they, even, even if they're not a collector now they'll remember Dinobot dying 20, 30, 40 years from now. My nephews And I are, think that's why this episode... My nephews are a few years younger than I am. They were too young for G1, but the right, right age for Beast Wars. They they love Beast Wars. And they, they'll talk about it all the time. They're not like hardcore fans by any stretch, but they're into it. You, you say that this was like 12 years after the movie, which is the case. Does it make you sad that it's like 14 and a half years after this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was... Yeah. There's more time between now and that than there was between that and the movie. That's exactly what I've been thinking for the last two minutes. Yeah. I, I think I think it's a little sad we haven't seen a return. I mean, we do have we do have the Beast Hunt. We, we've got Beast coming back in Beast Hunters, but it's not the same. Beasts have never really and, fully I mean, went away. They've just mostly went away. Mm-hmm. But I, I think right. at some point there's going to have to be a resurgence. Uh, maybe. I mean, one, because beasts always provide like a, you know, an alternative to vehicles. And two, if they want to, you know, appeal to fans and collectors, you know, at, I guess at this point, people who are fans, kids that age now probably have disposable incomes. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you know, it never ends. You know what? One thing about this episode, though, is that I think it's a it's a bit of a shame um, rewatching it. Is that it looks good when it needs to look good, but boy, when it's on its more downtime moments, the animation is kind of wobbly on this one. It's like I don't know what it is about all of the daylight scenes, but they're all really, really saturated and blurry. Mm. I didn't notice it. Most a lot of, the... of lens flare in that. Yeah, a lot of lens flare. Megatron's brown just is completely lost. It just becomes this com- this hot brown blur. I-, I think they're trying to do like a warm sunlight thing, but every- every- I don't know if it's supposed to be like a sunset-y. Like it's-, it's moving towards the end of the day when the episode takes place, but the show never looks like this at any point in time. Otherwise, the- everybody's cast in this kind of weird high-contrast haze. Um, during the daylight scenes that is quite distracting for me. Th- throws me off. And I'll tell you what else as well. Ooh, that opening scene with the proto-humans. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That, is, that is some rough shit. <laughs> that, that, is, that is sliding desperately towards PS1 cutscene quality. That is nasty. That bird is made out of modeling clay. and the, oh, I, I, all, all of the, the plants and the, the, the flat field with the grass texture Playing applied to it, just oh, it's not pretty. It is not a pretty start to the episode. Yeah. And then like the robot molds come out, and it's like, oh, okay, there's the stuff you spent the money on. Give it in, bring it in. One, one thing I, we probably should mention real quick before we before we throw it off is the uh, first season version of Rat Trap in the Burial Sequence because yeah. you know, it's fun to mention. But. I love that sequence as well when they vaporize it, and the music that plays in that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Beast Wars, um, I don't think Beast Wars had music that was, like, composed to picture. I think they did just use stock themes, because, uh, you, you, you know, you know the one. And all the other noises. You, oh, you, you could, like, point to Beast Wars, various theme tunes. But that piece of music, I'm pretty sure, was unique, you know, and it was this, this real rousing anthem. And it was like, this is sad, but don't, don't, don't weep, don't mourn for him, you know. It, it, it ended very strongly as well. And then it, it had, like, it shed at the very start, Brian, the great 
bookend sequences of of the proto humans so you didn't you didn't just go out on the body disappearing off into a cloud you you had that little denouement to bring you back down and you were like mm, yes dinobot are my ancestor yes and, and the little twinkly, <laughs> the little twinkly lights in the sky at the very end it's it's a very very well put together episode but like the the big punch of the episode is not going to be there for anybody who just goes into it blind but you have to you really do have to experience Dinobot's struggle across the first, whatever it is, first six episodes of this season before you're going to get what's really going on here. Yeah. Because, I mean, even the stuff Dinobot struggles with in this season is not really in season one. It is something that just mm-hmm. came up came up for season two. Like, when he starts to realize what the discs might mean, and uh, he, he tries to affect change by... He, like It's like Dinobot... He, he's he's afraid. He's afraid that destiny is not his to control. He's afraid his life is not his own. So he tries to do the only thing he can, which is to go against himself and do something that is not in his nature as the only act he possibly can to to change his destiny, which is to go back to the Decepticons in Maximum... The, the Predacons, sorry, Jesus. The Predacons in, uh, in Maximum No More. And uh, that's just... That's, that's, that's heavy, heavy stuff. It really is. But he, and, and then this comes along. Yeah. Also, I was on ATT at the time, uh, at the time and I think this is also the, <laughs> the end you were talking about, Chris. This is the first appearance of Ugwick Quickie. <laughs> and, and I think it probably should uh, be mentioned as well. Uh, as far as I can remember, this is like one of the first instances of like major spoilers showing up on the internet. Yeah, yeah, because we knew Dinobot was... Well, I wasn't there at the time. Sorry, I just shouldn't say we, because I wasn't there at the time. I was a little... I was there for the start of Beast Machines, but I wasn't there for Beast Wars. But it's it was known for a while that that, that Dinobot was going to die. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how, but yeah. but it was known for a while it was going to happen. He was waiting for it to happen. Yeah. 